$8 million. $8 million is the yearly salary for Mario Cristobal, and you know what you get when you pay that amount? You get you suffer the worst home loss for a team in the rivalry of Florida State versus Miami in the history, and also you have the worst losing streak of four games at home since 1973 for the Miami Hurricanes. We're talking about all that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today I got Mr. David Wise in the stream yard. Davey, what's going on, my guy? Drake, I'm going to keep this feeling going as long as possible. Wow. It's everything. Everything feels like it's just breaking our way right now, and it feels good. Uh, it feels great. And vote today's, today's title sponsor of today's episode is LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Dave, we always said that we felt that this Miami team was probably one of the worst teams that they've actually put together. You know, the way they've been coached, they have been, mm-hmm. they've been undisciplined, sloppy. I don't think any of us expected to hold them to less than 10 points or even prevent them from scoring a offensive touchdown. Now, they haven't scored a touchdown about two weeks from now. How do you, what did you feel like we're just watching that game overall from, let's start from our standpoint and then we'll look towards Miami in the next segment. Well, first of all, um, I did expect a blowout. I said as much several times last week, so that was unsurprising to me. It was surprising we won by that much, I guess, but blowout's not surprising. Look, we came into this game having just beaten Georgia Tech after losing three straight. Those three straight were two the three best teams on our schedule. Um, But you had to feel good going into this game just with this particular matchup. They had a quarterback carousel going on. We obviously had Jordan Travis playing very well coming off that Georgia Tech game. Um, And you knew you needed to play decent to win this game, I think. Like, you could go out there and throw out your C game, I think, and still have expected to win that one. But that's not what happened. That was our A game. Uh, I don't don't know that we played perfect, because I think we probably could have scored 60 if we wanted to. Um, But you you couldn't... It it felt like you couldn't do much wrong in that game. Uh, We'll talk more specifically about the offense and the defense, obviously. But it's like they were challenging each other for who was going to be the better unit on the day because it's so much sexier to talk about the offense, but my God, man, the defense, the first string defense allowed three points. And the one time Miami was starting to drive on us on the second string defense, put the first stringers back out there and shut it down. Love it. Yeah. I loved every second of it. And overall you see, I don't think it was our A game because I think we did pull the offensive starters like really quickly. I think Tate Rodemaker, I think was in there for what, two series, maybe, maybe even three. Yeah. And if we really wanted to score 60-plus points, I think we easily could have done so. And then you mm-hmm. see, I mean, Jordan Travis, he had 10 completions on the day on 12 attempts, had three touchdowns. He almost averaged a touchdown pass every single three completions that he had, which is 
utterly absurd. Then you have Nuts. Trey Benson, who just literally just averaged eight and a half yards per carry, 128 yards on the day for two touchdowns. The running attack was just a freaking monster. And it was just also evident that this team, there's a clip out there right now where you see Sidney Williams running on the sideline. He's Sidney mm-hmm. Williams who's starting safety last year, being converted to linebacker, and now is now primarily on special teams where I feel I think it was Lawrence Tofield was going down the sideline. He's running down, and you just see the culture is different now because it felt like our players wanted to be there and actually probably exert their will in this rivalry. And you look at the at Miami, it just felt like they just didn't want to be there at all whatsoever. Like they got off the bus, they had the one drive. Tyler Van Dyke goes down, and then just they just knew like you know what, we can't even hang with these boys, and that's kind of what it felt like watching that overall. And that, I mean, it just feels like we were just it was a, it was worse in my personal opinion than what happened two years ago with Duke Ten. Yeah, it d- definitely was worse than that because Miami has much better players now than we had then. Like we were still reshaping this roster. It was in Norvell's first year, and he wasn't even coaching in that game. So, yeah, I was forget about it was, that. He wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. So this was Mike Norvell's first game coaching against Miami. This is a pretty good way. Second game, second game. He was he coached last year, remember? Or, or at, sorry, right. A first road game, first road game in the series. That's right. Yeah. Um, but Mike Norvell's two and zero against Miami, um, and, and their eight plus million dollar coach and their fifty million dollar coaching staff, or whatever the hell they are. I, I, we'll talk more about the specifics. I just want to dance on Miami's grave for a second. Um, that is an embarrassing football team. Um, they don't belong in the same class as us. They shouldn't be mentioned in the same conversation as us. And if this is what we can expect out of Miami, which I don't wouldn't surprise me because everybody, us and everyone else included, thinks Mario Cristobal's a fraud, which he is. Um, that coaching staff is just a ragtag bunch of expensive folks, which good on you. Um, get as many support staff as you want because clearly it's a bunch of left hands not talking to the right hands. Um, that team's not coordinated, and we are. That's evident. This this Florida State team is, if nothing else, right now, we are far more coordinated than Miami. And the efforts there for us, the coordinations there, and the talent level is improving. But the execution was just spot on in this game. Um, it looked like an extremely undisciplined team went up against a team that doesn't make mistakes. It's like, I'm trying to think of an, an equivalent in that matchup. It's like when BYU plays, I don't know, it, pr- pretty much anyone. Like BYU just is all these like 35-year-old guys. Like it, it just, th- there was such a disparity between the two teams in every facet of the football game, including like it wasn't just offense and defense, man. It was special teams too. Like, even there, we were on our A game, and Miami was just hapless. Yeah, Mastromano had, like, three punts inside the 20, one in the 17-yard uh, line, one in the three-yard line, one in the two-yard line. I'm like, okay, Alex, I see you. Well, and, I got, and I'll give some credit to him, man. Ryan Fitzgerald looked good on the day. He made both of his field goals. He was confident out there. Like, we're having, our kicker, we're having our kicker and our walk-ons out there gaining confidence against Miami. That football team is so, so far from being minimally relevant, much less back. Miami's not coming back. We can all forget about that. That's done. Florida State Florida State has a chance of coming back and, and probably in the not too, too far distant future. Miami's not coming back. That, that little hope and dream is done. Um, take that to the bank. Yeah, I'm not going to belabor the point, to mainly because I think you put it in the best way possible where they're not in the same classes as at this point, so I'm not going to like 
keep punching down someone that we shouldn't be bothered with. But I will say that the problem with this game overall to me, and then we'll go on to the next segment, is that this team is primarily the same roster that took you down to the wire and came back against you in Tallahassee last year as touchdown favorite. You did lose Charleston Rambo. Tyler Van Dyke also was injured. That definitely was a factor. But even before then, you know, Jake Garcia didn't look that great. The defense, you see on multiple plays, the effort wasn't there. And they'll and probably also look over that. And over time, they will tell you the same thing. The effort was not there. It seemed like they didn't even care to be there. And we know that because we saw that same thing two seasons ago. So this is something that basically with Mark Cristobal, you need to take a hard look in the mirror because right now, the, the way your team is comprised of, the staff is comprised of, and your own ego might be getting in the way of you guys wanting to get better. And time is running out for you. And hopefully, you stay there forever. Because if we see more games like this, I'd be more than happy to keep that going. But Dave, you have anything else to say about this Miami game? Yeah, if this this is the last thing I'll say. If you can't get excited, and if you can't get up for a Florida State Miami rivalry game, you do not belong on a football field because you don't have a pulse. Drake, that said, tell everybody about something they can and should get excited about. Unlike Miami's football players. Unlike Miami's football players, a football team and Mark Crystal Ball, who basically is robbing them blind. And John Ruiz, I'm sorry, Life Wallet cannot buy you out of this one. It's going to be embarrassing for a very long time. But LinkedIn Talent Solutions, a.k.a. LinkedIn Jobs, that's something to be excited about. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps to find right people for your team faster and for free. Dave, you used them before, correct? I have uh, before, well, well before LinkedIn was a sponsor for us. Obviously, I use LinkedIn Jobs to fill a paralegal role within my law firm. Um, it is really, really easy to post the job listing. You're going to attract way more quality candidates than any of LinkedIn's competitors, just because everybody's on LinkedIn now. It's it's just that simple. Everybody's there, so you're going to get the better candidates. And like Drake will tell you, it's for the free, and that's always great. I love everything for the free. And folks, LinkedIn Jobs, as I said before, helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for the free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free, for free, and for the free. As always, folks, terms and conditions do apply. Okay, Dave. I think we've done enough Miami grave dancing because basically we need to talk about actually our team for a little bit because we're not locked on Canes. And unfortunately, we don't have to deal with any other nonsense. David, where do you want to start off first with this team? I want to start with the defense. Because... Yeah, they were baptizing baptizing Ja'Cory Brown the entire game. That was insane. Like, when when you look at a box score, the first thing I think you notice is your team's points. And it's sexier to talk about the offense. We'll, we're definitely going to talk about the offense next because um, there is a lot to talk about, especially Trey Benson. But that defensive effort was nothing short of incredible. Um, I, I will I will caveat saying this. You know my feelings on Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, I think the audience knows my feelings on Tyler Van Dyke. I, I, I thought last year was fraudulent. He benefited greatly from Charleston Rambo. And that doesn't matter. My, my point on mentioning him is, He had no business being thrown out there in this game, not just to start, but then again and again and again after his arm was about to fall off. Mario Cristobal should be ashamed of himself. He should be suspended for allowing for allowing or putting Tyler Van Dyke on that football field. That was disgusting. That set setting that aside, the defensive effort from Florida State was 
it was the perfect blend of effort and execution. It was, it was like everything we always talked about, can everything come together for a full game for this team? That was a full game while those starters were in of pure effort. Um, I mean, Jamie Robinson, the shining moment in that game to me, and to a lot of people, as you've seen on social media, Jamie Robinson, not just sacks Miami's quarterback, whatever third, eighth stringer he was, he shoved him to the ground. He might have spat on him afterwards for all I know, because that's what it looked like. That I was thought I, just, was, I thought I thought he almost did too. I knew he, I mean he didn't, but like he like you could definitely tell he just was just like standing over. I'm like okay, oh okay, let's not get the penalty here real quick. But I love that every second of it. Such disrespect out of Jamie Robinson. That will be one of those Stanford Samuels moments where that highlight comes up again and again in this series. Such an incredible individual effort, but it wasn't just individual. It it was it was great to see how well the defensive line plays now that it's getting healthier. Fabian Lovett is making an incredible incredible difference along that defensive line like the interior was supposed to be the strength of this team it had become somewhat porous in his absence that was no longer the case uh in this game it was just not Miami couldn't get anything going up the middle um Tatum Bethune obviously this was kind of like a homecoming game for him from South Florida and he played his he played his butt off in this game uh just there's so many players to mention here. Uh, Jared Verse obviously stood out. That dude's going to make so much money in this draft. Uh, he's a problem. He's unable to be stopped. But uh, last thing I'll mention, the DBs, man, we have given them a lot of flack this year for how poorly they've played relative to expectations. They showed up in this game. Miami could not get separation. Uh, you saw where I, I think their one pass play of like, more than 10 yards, I think, was that one weird catch by Restrepo where he was, like, flipped in the air and thrown on his back. Like, that's the kind of acrobatics Miami had to do to complete a pass of more than 10 yards on this defense. Just ridiculous effort. Yeah, I mean, also, that kid, I think that kid's, like, the only one that came to play because that kid got beat up and hit immense, <laughs> like, three to four times. Like, shout out to that kid. But, like, overall, like, you're right. The defensive backs, they just freaking – Isaiah Thomas, congratulations to him. He's mm -hmm. been – Yep. He's been actually probably learning, like taking his lumps all season long. And you see he comes down with a great interception towards the end of the game to set up one more score. And then you see Patrick Payton, who yeah. I think is kind of showing out that he's the next great defensive end at Florida State. He is legitimately yep. a star in the making. That sack fumble was just utterly just mm. – the way he's able to just use his length, go around the lineman while being held and just have the awareness of knock yep. it down – was just utter, utter bliss. And then Tatum Bethune's another one. He is from the Miami area. I think he went to Miami Central High School. That's a big, you know. So he understands the, the rival role. And then you're right, Fabian Lovett, the heartbeat of this defense, who mm -hmm. this entire defense had totally different identity and edge to them when you have Fabian Lovett in there overall. And someone else that played pretty decently, Robert Cooper. He actually did have a much better game over, over the course of the entire game because it's felt like he's been lacking a little bit since Fabian Lovett went down. And since he's been back, he's been able to play a little more free. And just overall, like the defensive backs, Jamie Robinson is going to has had a great game. Greedy Vance, a very very solid pick to basically right. kind of put, the, put the knife in Miami's hopes. This defense played. I mean, everybody like we've been like you said. I said that the I don't think we played a complete game all year. I think even the Boston College second quarter. If you look at that second quarter, it's not really the nicest thing to watch. But to me, overall, the defense just from start to finish, just like put their foot on their neck and just didn't let up. I give a lot of credit to Adam Fuller for the game plan he came up with. 
uh, it was probably easier. Look, with Miami's quarterback carousel in this game, it was probably easier to plan for this defense. But nonetheless, you still have to plan for some different scenarios, like a running quarterback, for example, which has been, uh, you know, kind of a bane of our existence the last several years going back to forever. Didn't matter who Miami put in at quarterback. This defense was prepared for it. Uh, just, just so much credit to those guys not taking their foot off the gas also because it's really easy to talk about the offense not taking their foot off the gas because they continue to score but the defense did not take their foot off the gas those kids played in that second half when they were in the game like it was a 0-0 game in the first quarter or like it was a tie game in the fourth quarter just so much credit for not having lapses in execution and judgment out there and just playing so well as a team uh if if this if that's what we could expect in terms of like the ability to execute and coordinate consistently on that defense, this seems going to be a problem regardless of who leaves. And I'm not going to discount like Fabian Lovett and Jared Verse and Jamie Robinson leaving. Like those are huge losses if we lose them all to the draft this offseason. But but yes, clearly, clearly, this defense is being coordinated well. And the offense and defense, when they feed off each other like that, and when you add in good special teams play, it's a masterpiece. And that's what we saw. That's legitimately what we saw. And also, shout out to Jerry and Jones, who also had also a very good game. And also, yeah. he played the role of instigator extremely well all game. Yeah. You kind of saw him kind of getting in the face of like all the Miami pass catchers. I, saw, I think he saw him getting into it a little bit with Jalen Lyon, but just doing it just enough to basically kind of get them off their own game. Basically, hey, you're down like 30 points. I don't know why you're jawing at me right now. You see him just putting his hands up. I I, I love every second yeah. of that. And this, this defense, it felt it felt really good to return the favor and just have them just absolutely just get blown yep. out. And just it just felt great. Yeah, Drake, um, that is just – it's great probably isn't the right word. There's got to be a better word for it. Uh, perfect? It feels perfect. Um, Drake, tell the audience about something else that feels perfect, please. Well, that is our friend over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the past mm-hmm. easiest way to bet all your latest sports action. It's been, and it's also with football, basketball is starting up, college basketball, the dunks, dribbles, dimes will be returning very shortly. But Dave, it is the Fade Dave segment of the week of the day of the millennia. And you know where we're going with this. Let's continue the theme rolling around. Miami opened up mm-hmm. as one-point dogs to Georgia Tech. That's Actually, it is an away game, so it is in... Was it Dan's Doss Stadium? I think is the name of the stadium overall, or just Bobby Dodd? Bobby Dodd. Bobby Dodd. Bobby Dodd. Dan's Doss, the guy from CBS. So, picking game now, as, as of now, I think Miami is getting a lot more than money. Over under, it's at 44.5. Who are you taking in this game? Georgia Tech's a weird football team. Uh, they fire Jeff Collins and like instantly get better, even though Jeff Sims. Jeff so bad. It's so bad. That's it, like, uh, rare occasion, like much like Scott Frost up in Nebraska, we're like, they make the team worse by coaching them, um, which is just bizarre. But Georgia Tech, obviously, if Jeff Sims is like 100% in this game, that's going to make all the difference. I think that's what it comes down to in this one. Um, whether he's a full, full 100% uh, and whether he can play the full game uh, effectively. Because it's it's hard for me to imagine a Miami team with that much talent on it just blowing a game to a team that's that far that that has that big of a talent level gap but when when you're that hapless and and kind of just drowning like miami i i'm not going to pick you to beat anyone um and not anybody in the power five so i'm going to take georgia deck in this game uh you can fade me all you want but you know you that's what you want to happen too 
Yeah, and also the thing is, though, it's, it's it might not even be Jefferson's. It might be Zach Pyron. Zach Pyron was the quarterback that came in for Zach Gibson. I know. I, I his last week, but he did lead Georgia Tech to a win against Virginia Tech. He was 19 of 32. 250 yards with this 50 with a 60 percent completion percentage one touchdown one pick and he also ran for two touchdowns so this could potentially could be a building block that can build around when the new head coach comes in i think it might be jamie chadwell from coast carolina but folks ride with dave if you want to take that take georgia tech at pick them right now over under is still set at 44 and a half or fade dave take miami i know it's gross right now especially what you just saw over at bound line bound line is where the game starts okay dave we're gonna land this thing real quick offensively nothing short of perfect with that overall the rushing attack was clean the passes that we did see were just on a dime the touch just opening you can just tell how by the way how the game was going to go with the pass to pokey over the middle in the first quarter where do you want to start with first you want to start with trey benson start with jordan travis or you'll start with the offensive line utterly dominating the line of scrimmage it's such good options there um in my instant reaction, I started with Trey Benson, and that's the only place that's that's worthy of starting. Uh, Trey Benson, that was one of the most incredible individual efforts in a football game, in a rivalry game. That that just reminded you so much of Dalvin Cook against Miami. Um, not not in terms of like the way that he runs, but Dalvin Cook all he showed up every game, but he especially showed up for Miami games, and. In, in this game, Trey Benson just refused to go down. Like, the number of highlight reel runs and yards after contact that he accumulated throughout this game was just ridiculous. Like, he was bouncing off people. He's, like, spinning off defenders' backs. And just, you can't say enough about it. I mean, 15 carries for 128 yards. and Dude, eight and a half yards a carry against the strength of Miami's team. That's... We were lucky to have a year of this kid. I, I went back when we were uh, recruiting him and he committed. I questioned that take, whether we needed another running back on the roster and with the knee injury, I will, dude, I'll eat my shoe right now for all I care because I'm glad to be wrong about that kid. Um, it's funny that you say, do you want to start with Jordan Travis? There's not a lot to say because we didn't ask him to do a whole lot. The dude attempted 12 passes um, and he didn't need to attempt 12 passes. Like, like you said, Every one out of every four passes was a touchdown. Pretty good game. Um, not much to say about that. Uh, the first drive, I was worried that we were starting slow and it was going to end up in a three and out. We got, we didn't even get bailed out because it was a it was a valid penalty. But I, I was glad to see that after that, Mike Norvell was like, "All right, screw it, let's just throw it deep," and we call that shot play to Pokey, and that defender just got burned. Like, yeah, that was just like that. That was, yeah, that, he that kid got burnt worse than it. Like, he just, I didn't, I didn't even know how to describe it. it. Just literally just burnt. Yeah. And, and one play I really want to point out on the offense is that catch by Johnny Wilson, that kind of in, probably inconsequential, like 15 yard out route on the right sideline. That, was, a good that was, that was thrown so beautifully. That was a yeah. bullet. And that was caught so beautifully. It was only where Johnny, a six foot seven receiver, could catch it. Just a full extension, tiptoeing down that sideline. Just that was a perfect encapsulation of how we could do no wrong on that game, on that day. And then I want to give a shout out to the big boys up front of the offensive line. Like we yeah. talked about how the defensive line for Miami, it is very talented with Akeem Messador, 
Leonard Taylor, Chance Williams. Like, it is a very, very good defensive line. Like, I know Dave is smiling, but he knows that that's correct. That's basically where most of their talent actually kind of lies. But you see the offensive line give Jordan just, like, time after time after time mm-hmm. on 12 passes. And then the way the offensive line just made running lanes for Trey Benson, Lawrence Philly, and even C.J. Campbell, even the twos, even the twos looked good on the offensive line. Julian yeah. Armella, that kid's going to be a stud. That kid's yes. going to literally be someone that's going to be an anchor on this offensive line. And just seeing how they were able to dominate against a very much more talented opponent and the way they did it, just it felt like just time of time of time, it saw that basically against NC State and also against Clemson that we got out physical, even against Wake Forest. This yep. game, it felt like I was watching a varsity team go up against some Pop Warner kids. Exactly right. Talk about physicality. And that's something that, like, we've been saying all along, well, I've, and I've been saying a lot too, that Mike lacks that killer instinct when it comes to playing these type of games. Whenever he's up by a certain amount of score, up. and I think he even texted saying, like, I hate some of the play calling when we're up 21 to 3. And then just immediately we score right mm-hmm. after that. It felt that Mike, I think, fully finally understands in certain moments that you need to be able, when you have the shot, you need to take it. You need to just take the knife, twist it. And we, I think we, well, we were up by 35 points and he went on a fourth and four. And that's something that basically, if you asked me three weeks ago, I don't think he would do that. So to me, just seeing the line being so physical and seeing the play calling be so aggressive when you actually already have the lead but not be, not kind of turtle up and shell up, that to me is what made me super happy about this offense. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you commented on that. I want to get more to that later in the week about Jordan Travis and the offensive line because he has shortened his internal clock this year. Um, he's avoiding contact, which is probably a good thing because he's, look at this, he's still on the field. He's not injured. What a miracle. Um, so that's great. But when the offensive line gives him that extra time so that his clock doesn't have to go off so early and he's not having to get rid of the ball earlier and you're allowing these routes to progress, yeah, he's he's lethal. Those receivers are going to get open. And yeah, one line, the offensive line for Florida State, wanted to be there and showed it. The other line couldn't have cared less and looked equal parts poorly coached and bad at football. And so I'm I, the reason I was smiling is because I told you that was not going to be a problem for this offensive line because Miami had played, you know, St. Mary's sister school for West Texas Tech. So, yeah, their what their defensive line had done earlier in the year did not did not like scare me in this game. Our offensive line obviously hasn't been the best, but they've gotten better. They, they they've gotten better and better. Um, in pass pro, uh, you know, they've left some to be desired. So seeing that, seeing that Atkins was able to get that out of this this line in this game, there are great things ahead for what is a relatively young and still learning offensive line. I mean, Dylan Gibbons, an 83 in pass blocking. Maurice Smith, an 81 in pass blocking. Darius Washington, who actually started the game, with Jackson Turner team being out 74 in pass, sorry, 76 in pass blocking. Robert Scott, 67 pass blocking. Crazy. And Dimitri Emmanuel, a.k.a. Big Meech, he probably had his best game probably of the year. And he's, you see he's been improving ever since Clemson. And that's just something that basically maybe it just took him some time to finally kind of get acclimated to this offense because it was what we were saying, that he does have the prior relationship with Alex Atkins. But offensive line, the language spoken along along that line of scrimmage is a lot different than a lot more stuff actually on the field of football. But, Dave, one thing that I kind of want to touch on before we actually get out of here is what you said about the way Trey Benson ran. One of the things that we had, I think, in one of our first shows, like, which player would you want to come back to, for this team to kind of, like, you know, learn from or see what to do, how to play the game? I think we all had different opinions. I think you said 
I think back then you said someone along the lines like Telvin Smith. I said Devontae Freeman primarily because something you said about Dalvin Cook. Devontae Rodney Hudson. You said Rodney Hudson, sorry. You, I said Devontae Freeman primarily because the way yeah. he, he ran in these rivalry games was something different. It meant a lot to him that Miami did not give him a scholarship. That was one of the big bugaboos that he, he had about him. And you saw, sorry, it offered him a committable offer. I think that's what actually what, how, how it went down. But we wanted to see these kids kind of showcase how much they cared about this rivalry and how much this kind of, this kind of meant to them and how, how much they understood it meant to the school and all the implications surrounding it right now. You saw one team understand that on Saturday. You saw another team not get that get the picture at all, which is kind of surprising given Mario Cristobal's history with the school, being a former player there and also being there when they won national championships. So overall, to me, seeing this team give it their all and showcase how much they cared about this rivalry, that's something that you can point right directly to the coaches having how they asserted the basis of the way that this was a game that mattered more than most. And that's yeah, why I, I oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I totally agree with you. We had that question before we asked, I think, all our guests last week. Do you think the transfers will understand the importance of this game? To clarify Every, that, to clarify that, I was only asking that. I didn't agree with it, but I was asking that just for asking me that right. question. It's a legitimate question. And just that was that was proven beyond any shadow of a doubt that not only do they get it, they are here for it between Trey, Trey Benson and Jamie Robinson, just disrespecting both sides of Miami's offense and defense. Just, I, I have nothing else to say. Perfection, just perfection encapsulated in a 60 minute football game. And it's per- perfection encapsulated in your 30 minute episode on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Folks, Thank you guys so much for coming here each and every single day. Dave's hyperbole finally would come out actually correct, even though while I disagree with him on talent level, it just does feel great to finally just stick it to Miami in a way that, quite frankly, may have some implications down the road when it comes to recruiting, in-state, out-of-state, just national perception, because now your Florida Seminoles are the 25th-ranked team in the country per the poll as of this morning. Dave, let the folks know how much you love them and also give them the YouTube and podcast instructions. As you already know, I love you. Thank each and every one of you for being here each episode. We love you. We appreciate you. We could not do this without you. For the podcast, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. For the YouTube, please give the video a like if you liked it, which you should because screw Miami. Um, subscribe to the channel and ding that little bell at the top. It'll turn on your notifications. And as always, just leave some comments and relish in this win. Um, it's not every year you get to beat Miami by 42. This time we did, um, and it was as embarrassing as it looked. Tell everybody, tell John Ruiz and Mike Ryan and all four other Miami fans how much, how how great this felt to you and how embarrassing that football team is. And for Dave, this was Drake, and we'll see you all next time on Lock on Seminoles. Take care, everybody.